0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Believe, sports biz, sports media, all sorted on pod clips around the world. I'm Fred, you can always email us, sportsfredo.com, sportsfredo.com, along with uh, Mark Mancini, the world's worst sports handicap, or an art source uh, from Galaxy Sports and Art. Uh, you've been known to wager a shekel or two. I have two at the racetrack, uh, Preakness on Saturday. Uh, Baffert's back. Uh, All right. Any comments about the sport of horse racing?
2: It's just, you know, I, I love horse racing. I grew up, you know, my grandpa used to sneak me to Santa Anita. We'd go with Jaime Cats, and we'd pick the horses, and my grandma'd give me five bucks. I was a little kid loving it, and you know, I I love the sport. I think it's always been wonderful but I'm really concerned with all the, the, the euthanization of the horses right now. And to the point where I, I, I got to believe there's some sort of cover up going on, Fred. And I know secretary was a great horse and Aladar was a great horse, but this triple count, crown series of running these races every two weeks, as opposed to spreading them out a little bit, giving the horses a chance to, you know, to, to, to kind of run the way they're normally do, which is three weeks or a month into it. I think there's gotta be changes And uh, I hope the powers that be understand that because I really feel for the horses now. And, and there's just too much, too much stuff going on. It reminds me of the old Dick Francis novels about horse racing, you know, all the the really seedy characters that are the trainers and things of that nature.
1: Mark, I know you're not a a big horse racing guy. You're religious, so you don't wager, but uh, horses are dying on the track. Seven at Churchill downs. Uh, uh, Fortunately, uh, none so far. Uh, At the Preakness, uh, maybe they should spread it out, as Art indicated, maybe a month in between the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, then a month again between that uh, and and the Belmont. uh, Baffert's back, which is not necessarily good news. uh, But, uh, Mark, what do you think about the sport of horse racing?
0: Well, I mean, you know, it was a prominent sport in the day. It just seems like it's on a respirator and an oxygen tank today. It really is <laughs> like pro like,
2: like heavyweight boxing.
0: Yeah. It, it just seems like it's like, I don't know if the powers to be have ran this into the ground and kind of lined their own pockets and didn't really care about the horses and stuff, but how a prominent thing can go off the cliff. You know, it takes a while to build something. These guys rolled off the mountain overnight in a
2: hurry. So let me tell you something, Mark, just so you know, The Kentucky Derby drew 15 million viewers and 170,000 fans at Churchill Downs just two weeks ago. The NBA, according to Richard Deach of ESPN, ABC, and The Athletic, is averaging 5.26 million fans for their 27 playoff games this year. So three times the ratings for the Kentucky Derby vis-a-vis the NBA. And I know that's a little bit skewed.
0: Well, let me, let me ask you both this. How many times did you watch a pay-per-view of a heavyweight boxing and the thing would end in two rounds and you go, I'm never going to get this again? Mike and Tyson. The next, Mike the next Tyson. Month, <laughs> right. In the next <laughs> month, you'd order it again and you'd bring more people over. So I think maybe these people are just creatures
1: of habit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Since we're talking the, uh, the NBA, uh, the Lakers down two games uh, to nothing uh, to the Denver Nuggets, everybody says, well, Lakers could come back. Art, uh, how come Anthony Davis, sometimes a superstar, and sometimes he sort of hides out? He's, he's not even there. What's going on?
2: The disappearing AD. That's a great question. Here's the big problem for the Lakers. You know, LeBron made a great play on the steal at game two, circled around underneath the baseline, went up for a layup, and missed the layup. Now, that's what I, I understand. He's got one bad ankle and another bad ankle. But really and truly to be one for 20 from three-point range, maybe you need to get down and do what you do best, which is take the ball to the rack, okay? I mean, i am listening to a lot of NBA people talk about it. And, you know, the Lakers better, and and you've said it all year long, Fred, the injuries are going to eventually pile up, and, and you're starting to see it happen. I mean, at the end of the Denver Nuggets game, too, when they lost by five, you saw him hurt his other ankle. I just think as well as the young kids are playing for the Lakers right now, Hashimoto, um, you know, all the way down uh, the guard that's been playing fantastic. The young, the young kid, he, he's been playing great. They just, those two guys have got to step up or the Lakers have no chance. My star of the playoffs right now is in Miami and he's a winner and he's always been a winner. And his name is Jimmy Butler. And I think at 15 to one right now, they look like they could maybe take this whole thing because they're a scrappy group of basketball players.
1: You know, and the reason Butler is moved is because necessarily uh, when he asks for amount of money, he better get it. If he doesn't get it. He doesn't want to stay there. He plays awkwardly hard though, Fred. <laughs> well, I think, I, think the, you
0: know, I think the other thing uh, Fred and Artie got to look at is who's running the culture in Miami and, and Riley's a no nonsense guy. He basically told LeBron, we're not getting rid of Spolter here. You can go back to Cleveland or go to L.A. And I think everybody that comes through Miami, we saw it earlier. I think it was last year where Butler and Udonis Haslam got in it. And they quelled that. I mean, they're like the New England Patriots. They keep things behind the scenes where it doesn't get filtered out in the public. And I think that's what makes Miami dangerous. As far as Denver goes, just another former Laker coming back to kill him and Cantavius caldwell Pope. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no he, no, he certainly, he played a great uh, first half in, the, uh, in, in game two. But I want to tell you something. When Jokic first uh, came to the league, I thought he was overrated. I thought he was overrated because he was a white guy and they, they wanted to find a white guy. He's not overrated. This guy can do everything. Art, any comments?
0: No, he's,
2: he's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with the kid from Gonzaga, Timmy. I, I see Timmy. And I look at Jokic, and I and I see very similar moves inside. They've got really good feet for big guys. I mean, they make moves down there in the in the in the post that I really haven't seen a whole lot in a lot of years because the center is kind of the center has kind of been removed. As Al McGuire yeah. used to call them, the aircraft carriers. You don't see as much of the center play mm-hmm. in basketball, but those two teams have those guys up in the middle. Yeah. And I got to tell you another thing, Murray. Murray really has stepped up his game. And, you know, having spent a lot of years in Denver, I'm real happy for the Denver Nuggets fans to see them playing at such a high level.
1: Well, here's the other thing. Oh, sorry. Let let me just say this first, Mark. Uh, You mentioned Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. How would you like to have back-to-back guards at Kentucky, University of Kentucky in Calipari, Devin Burker, and the next year, Murray, that's not too (laughs) shabby. Okay, Mark, go
0: ahead. Well, not not only that, in in, 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 in switching gears to the NBA draft, everybody's tripping over their shoelace with this number one pick at Victor seven. Five, yeah, yeah. At seven would you, five, pronounce
2: that, myself, would you
1: please pronounce that again?
2: Victor Wembanyama How about again? How about again?
1: Wembanyama. You can't do it, three, time. you can't do it how, three times. How many
0: how many times have we seen big man and they're comparing these this guy to a generational talent like a LeBron James? A Larry yes Burge, you know, this, this guy's seven, five, I don't want to disrespect the late Manute bowl. And some of these guys, who was the last time a big guy came in the NBA and was a generational talent to turn the league around. You'd have to go back to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and those guys. I
1: was going to say Moses Malone. But yeah, <laughs> Folks, uh, you are listening and watching believe sports biz, sports media also heard on pod clips around it. the world this Friday, of course, uh, we lost uh, maybe the greatest running back in the history of the National Football League and Gail Sayers and Jim Brown were my favorites. Jim Brown passing away at 87. Art, you played in the NFL. Uh, Thoughts about Jim Brown?
2: Just a, just a great man in, in, in many different ways. Did a lot, did a lot on the field, off the field, culturally. um, You know, he was a a Hollywood actor he really, you know, he defined. He defined along with uh, Muhammad Ali and and uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, you know, the rights uh, for the black man. And you know, I just, I just, I feel really sad because I got to meet him through a friend of mine, Cedric Hardman, who is also no longer with us anymore. And uh, and he was always such a class act and, and a humble man. And and I just think. <laughs> You know, over the years, when you look at great athletes, I, I look at a guy like Elgin Baylor. I look at a guy like Jimmy Brown. I, I look at, you know, Jackie Robinson. These these people were as great off the field as they were on the field. And, and they were great men aside from their abilities as, as athletes. And and we're going to miss Mancini, him. The gonna Jim miss Brown
1: him. retired after only nine years. And people said, why? He was smarter than most. Uh, he'd taken so many hits. And this is before people were talking CTE. He knew. I mean, he felt that uh, maybe acting was the way to yeah, go. I mean, and,
2: and, and they, they uh, wore
1: marketing. suspension
2: helmets in those
1: days. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, not only that, Cleveland hasn't been the same since, but look at the running backs of all those guys we grew up with Gail Sayers, Jim Brown, Chuck Foreman, Franco Harris, Earl Campbell. The only guy that comes comparably close with all the teams out there this year in the NFL. Is Derrick
1: Henry? That's it. You know, if you've got a Jim Brown rookie card, the value has just gone up. Wow! Uh, wow. That's, the way, that, that, that's the way. Oh, I have to. I, I have to ask you this question. I used to have a good collection. Now I have no collection, basically, because everything was <laughs> no a, a water heater explosion, uh, an earthquake, uh, thievery. What about so. the guys? What about the guys that moved the moved yeah, all the stuff? The truck. But, but listen to this question. <laughs> the truck. Here's the question. One of these guys might get it right. Okay, here we go. Ty Cobb. A piece of uh, something that he wore just sold for $18,000. What do you think? And then they found out it might not be authentic. A piece of the Ty, Ty Cobb wore, piece of something that Ty Cobb wore. Is it this jockstrap? <laughs> Just sold for eighteen thousand, and people. I knew you were going to say that, and people said it probably wasn't authentic art. What do you think? What 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 could he have been wearing that cost that somebody just spent eighteen thousand dollars, maybe for nothing?
2: I was going to say he was notorious for for sliding into second base with his cleats like waist high. So maybe it was his shoes.
1: Shoes, okay. Mark, what do you think? Uh His cap. His what? cap cap um if i told you that somebody paid eighteen thousand dollars and find out probably later that they're not even his his dentures
0: oh my god
1: now now let me ask i don't care how much money you think you could have resold it for why would anybody want somebody else's dentures art you have any comments Uh,
2: no that one's above my pay scale (laughs) (laughs) I always trying to be a goofball by saying a jockstrap, but well, how, yeah, I,
0: I, I don't mean, know. That's how do you not have it authentic before you buy it?
1: Oh, a lot, a lot. See, in sports collecting, how believe you me, you gotta be double so you much. have to double and triple check. There are reprints of I things. I guess you that. could
2: get some DNA off off of the the I mean, I, I don't know how I'm not that well versed in DNA, but I mean if it was in his mouth, I imagine you could get some DNA off the dentures, but that seems like going awfully long. Who wants someone's dentures anyway? Are you going to put them in a glass of water next to the bed?
0: (laughs) I wonder what a Tony, I got a Tony Gwynn bat signed up. What's that going for?
1: How about my Al Oliver uh, bat? (laughs) For Mark, for Art, Mario, thank you for putting the show together. This has been believed Sports Biz, Sports Media, and also heard on pod clips around the world. And,